happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet for wiener. So listen, Lavernius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach to eat. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. And just like that, we are into the second hour. Welcome aboard. It's the Barbecue Central Show. We talk about... Barbecue and grilling related hot topics. We originate here in Bomb City, USA, Cleveland, Ohio, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city and barbecue capital of the North Coast. And we do it live Tuesdays from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Podcast tomorrow. I'll tell you about some other stuff that's happening this week as well. Still to come on the show tonight, the Embedded Correspondence. Yes, of course. And because I know you like to see the guts of this watch every other week, I'm flipping it over so you can see what's called the movement from Vortic Watch. There it is, right there to my right. Right there. No, right there. Don't forget you can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook and Twitch for a live video feed. Also, slash RD Rempe on YouTube for a video feed. Also live on Clubhouse. So if you're listening there, thanks for joining in. And if you want to jump in now, go ahead and get up on stage and we'll pump you in. Why not? Coming up on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less this Friday. Can you believe, folks? Can you believe we are now at episode 200? This Friday, a special show that breaks the format of what you have come to know and love as the best moments show, like episode 100. This is where John, the executive producer of the show, interviews me about some barbecue topics, a break from the normal flow, but I think you'll like it. And by the way, can we please... Give John a hearty round of applause as he has broached 200 episodes now under the belt, which in podcast terms is an incredible run. By the way, how many of you have gone back to listen to the original shows in its entirety? That's a trick that we implemented all the way back in episode number one. John digs through the best moments of an interview that he thinks is worthy of a best moment show brings it right up to that 10 minute point and then punches you right in the face each and every week with a hook and you go oh what's the answer what did he think why did he say that then you realize it's a best moments show of course he did that and right in the show notes and if you've listened or you don't subscribe to podcasts whatever Right in the show notes, there's a full link to the original show. And remember, for the last decade plus, this has been a two-hour show. And typically, there's at least three to four guests a show. 
So what you're hearing is only one quarter of all of the interviews that have taken place during that specific show. There's been plenty of shows that have had a best moments dedicated to it that have really incredible guests that aren't even on the best moments part. A Rod Gray backs up the show or an Andy Husbands backs up the show or you name it. They're included in that show. You just didn't realize it. So when you listen to the open of the show and you're like, oh, well, here's the segment that John got that show from. And then you listen to who else is on the show and you're like, holy shit, I'm going to listen to this show again. Or maybe I'm a, a new listener and I'm pounding my way through the backlog. That's going to take a while. I saw somebody in the instant chat say they've been listening since 2019 and now working current and they have got current, which is a feed in itself. However, I have bad news. We've been doing it live since 2008. So you have 11 years to go back and get real current on and then two more years before that, if you can believe it. So while I appreciate the two years you have put in, there are still 13 years left that you have to go back and get after. Also, I saw in the instant chat, who's the online butcher that I... Uh, talk about, well, they actually sponsor the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less. That's the Butcher Shop in Pensacola, Florida, and that's S-H-O-P-P-E. No, there's no website. You have to either call their phone number or you can interact with them on their Facebook page, which they're kind of okay on. But find them on Facebook first, the Butcher Shop, and that's the Butcher, S-H-O-P-P-E. And you know you've hit the right one when they are located in Pensacola, Florida. And they have it all. The commodities meet all the way up to the A5, perhaps even more than that. And then exotic stuff that you can't find anywhere else. You, you name it. If Kevin doesn't have it in stock, he's got a line on it. He will get it. Trust me. You want 100 plus dry age days on steak? He can find it if he doesn't have it. So anyway, long way to go to sit here and tell you this. This coming Friday, it's the 200th episode of the Best Moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Go back and listen to all the episodes. Do it every week. I do it. And again, thank you, John, for all the great work that you have been doing. 200 episodes. Unbelievable. And you have to be subscribed to the podcast feed in order to get that particular show. That doesn't show up on YouTube or anywhere else. That is strictly a podcast thing. So check out John's work. I mean, how dare you if you're not? All right, I'm monitoring Clubhouse. So if you want to jump in, go ahead. This is your time before we get to the embedded correspondence. Also, if you're in Clubhouse, you want to jump in on some surety picks. We can go ahead and try that as well. And then there's this. Uh -oh. I mentioned it last week. I didn't know if we would get here because of a lot of things that were going on, things that I had to talk about. But we're getting to it. And I ask you this, men, are you getting down either with your partner or yourself at least 21 times a month? You might be doing yourself a disservice if you're not. What does that mean? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because according to an article in menshealth.com, 
men should ejaculate at least 21 times a month to slash their prostate cancer risk. I think everybody's in trouble. We all have a story that all men should take notice of. According to research at Harvard University, men should ejaculate at least 20, at least 21 times a month in order to mitigate their prostate cancer risk. For the study, which was published in the journal European Urology, 31,925 men provided their average monthly ejaculation frequencies. From that, the researchers found that men who finish more frequently also slash their chances of developing prostate cancer by a third. And to quote, we evaluated whether finishing frequency throughout adulthood is related to prostate cancer risk in a large U.S.-based study, wrote the study's author. We found that men reporting higher compared to lower ejaculatory frequency, that's a great word, in adulthood were less likely to be subsequently diagnosed with prostate cancer. These findings provide additional evidence of a beneficial role of more frequent ejaculation throughout adult life in the etiology of PC or prostate cancer, particularly for low risk disease. But a reduced chance of getting prostate cancer isn't the only benefit of milking the cow. I'm not making this up. I'm reading directly from it. I've just lost my place. Oh, ejaculating more frequently has also been found dramatically reduced feelings of stress and anxiety. In addition to decreased feelings of pain, secretion of endorphins leads to feelings of euphoria, modulation of appetite, the release of sex hormones, and enhancement of the immune response, says Medicine Net. Look at us, gang. I have to tell you, I am in pretty good health going on. You know what I mean? You know what I mean, everybody? 21 times. Again, at least 21 times a month to slash their prostate risk by a third. That's pretty significant. And this isn't some run-of-the-mill prostatejack.com website. This is Men's Health, a study commissioned by Harvard. Legitimate. Everybody on Clubhouse left. <laughs> I thought this was a barbecue show. This is a male-based audience. I'm just trying to help my guys out. Gents, if you're not getting after it at least 21 times a month, you're in trouble. Figure it out. Make the numbers work, whatever that looks like. I don't want anybody getting prostate cancer before they have to. The embedded correspondents are now in the green room, feverishly working game plans to try and meet the 21-time requirement per month, which I'll get to them here in just a second to talk about in detail. I want detailed plans, guys. 
What do we love about ceramic cookers? We love that they're fuel efficient. We love that you can achieve low and slow temperatures for traditional barbecue meats. We love that you can get really hot for the grilling of steaks and other thin cuts. But what's missing from the everyday ceramic cooker? The real ability to do true two-zone cooking. Two-zone cooking is very important to both professional and backyard cooks. It's the best way to manage a fire and cook with confidence. However, getting a true two-zone cooker and a round ceramic cooker, not very realistic because it is round. And her Primo and their game-changing oval design, 60 different ways to configure it, only limited by your imagination. They have the lift hinge. They have the Primo grill rotisserie out. The pizza grill accessory is coming out soon. Bottom line is this. Best ceramics in the biz? Yep. Patented technology? Check. True two-zone cooking capabilities? Yes. Multiple sizes, yes and yes. If you just have to have a round ceramic cooker, they also have those. But get the oval one. Stand out from the crowd. Take advantage of what I'm talking about, true two-zone cooking. Follow them on Instagram and Facebook or the website, primogrill.com. That's primogrill.com. We're back with the Embedded Correspondence right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. Welcome back. This portion being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet, currently available in three sizes with a host of accessories. Whether you are a beginner or a professional, definitely a cooker you want to add to the arsenal. Visit pitbarrelcooker.com and tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you. In fact... Noah Glanville will be back on the show in just a few short weeks to talk about a brand new accessory, and that's all I'm talking about. I'm not going to go ahead and go nuts. Outside of that, I have a question coming in from Sleeper Barbecue. So 22 times is too many asking for a friend. No, you're not listening, are you? A minimum of 21 times, so 22 times is actually doing very well in that regard. All right, so let's go ahead and race to the hotline since it is the second uh, the fourth Tuesday of the month in the second hour. It's the embedded correspondence and there the wait a second. John is Ooh. missing. See. I think I've realized John looks an awful like Derek. He does look like Derek. Stand by, John. Let's go to box 4. Let's go to guest 4. There he is. I've realized the folly in my ways, but <laughs> don't worry. Next month, I'll have it all figured out. Here we are, the Embedded Correspondence. We talk about real crazy things and hot topics and all this other stuff. Uh, right to my right on the top is Rusty Monson from the great city of Utah. And right below me is Barbecue Central Show guest Hall of Famer and the longest-running Embedded Correspondent, Doug Scheiding from Texas, and then Bottom caddy to me is also a 2021 Barbecue Central Show guest Hall of Famer, the Michigan Embedded Correspondent and Executive Producer of the Best Moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less, celebrating 200 episodes this coming Friday. John Tolbert, 
as we were singing your praises here just a few moments ago. Uh, if anybody objects, let me know and raise hands, but I think we should be starting out with 100% assurity picks because everybody loves them. Everybody. Let's go ahead. Here we go. Number one, 100% assurity picks. Regis George, a listener submitted 100% assurity pick. We start here. 100% yes or 100% no with the upcoming milestone for the best moments show this coming Friday at 200 episodes. Will it get to 400 episodes? Rusty Monson, 100% yes or 100% no? First of all, I'd like to say that my placement has yet again gotten higher on the quad. There you I are. You have one spot to go. <laughs> the Hall of Famers. <laughs> um, you know what? Knowing John, though, as well as I do, 110%, it'll go to 400. It'll go beyond that. 110%. All right. Uh, Doug, 100% yes or 100% no. We will see episode 400 on the best moments. We will listen to 400. Absolutely effing yes. Effing yes. Well. Let's go to the guy that actually put 200 of these together. John Solberg from Michigan. Will we see 400? 100% yes or 100% no? John, I have no sound on you. I'm the air. There you are. There I am. Yes, you are. It's that little button called Phantom Power. (laughs) Never mind. That's like, (laughs) you may not see 400 episodes. But I'm damn sure gonna make 400 episodes. There you go. How's that? How about that? I love it. Let's go to the next. Oh wait, I should probably answer that too. 100% yes or 100% no? I know I have the backlog of raw material. 100% yes, you will see 400 episodes. You will hear 400 episodes. I should say if we're talking correctly. I don't want Sam to uh, call me out on the carpet again to make sure you said see 400 episodes when you haven't even seen one yet. Okay. 100% yes or 100% no. KCBS and other similarly price sanctioning bodies will have to lessen the expense of competing in order to remain viable in this economy. 100% yes or 100% no. John. 100% 100% no, because it's not in their control. Doug, 100% yes or 100% no? 100% no. Barbecue competition is a rich person's game. All right. Rusty, 100% yes or 100% no. They will have to reduce expense of competing. Uh, 100% no, because it's not about the cost of getting in. Let me- and for me, is it 100% yes or 100% no? I agree, and this is unanimous once again. 100% no. If it's too much, don't do it. Or don't spend as much and hope you can win. That's what I would like to see. Set the trend the other way. Bring back choice briskets. Bring back commodities pork and chicken. You know that thick, yellow, gross, booger-looking chicken skin? Bring it back if you think you can win with that. If you can win on 300 bucks of meat, then go ahead. Let's see that. I want to see that. But right now, it's 100% no. We keep rolling. This is fun. 100% yes or 100% no. Dressing up for Halloween after the age of 13 means you're a loser. Doug, 100% yes or 100% no. 
100% yes between 13 and 20. Wait a second. That's not it. It's between after the age of 13, you're a loser. Yes or no? Yes. Yes. All right. John, 100% yes or 100% no. Dressing up for Halloween after the age of 13 means you're a loser. 100% yes. Whoa. The momentum picks up. Rusty, 100% yes or 100% no. Boy, do I have a feeling. Dressing up for Halloween after the age of 13 means you're a loser. Yes or no? No, man. You guys got to live some. (laughs) Live a little. Go get a Hulk Hogan mask. Slap it on on the 30th. Come on. Brother. 100% yes or 100% no for me. Dressing up for Halloween after the age of 13 means you're a loser. 100% yes, loser. Come on. Listeners submitted. Listeners submitted, which I love. Ron Happ, 100% yes or 100% no. Rusty, do you watch commercials? I'm sorry. Do watch commercials belong on a show slash podcast about barbecue or grilling 100% yes or 100% no if they're paying the bills 100% yes what John 100% yes or 100% no do watch commercials belong on a show slash podcast about barbecue and grilling hell yes because it's 100% about the timeline that's right (laughs) Doug, 100% yes or 100% no. Do watch commercials belong on a show slash podcast about barbecue and grilling? Do they belong? No. <laughs> All right. 100% yes. Can they, can they do it? Yes. yes. Yeah. They, can they do it? Yes. We're Money talking talks. about belonging, of course. 100% yes belong. or 100% no. Do watch commercials belong on a show slash podcast about barbecue and grilling? What do I say? Fuck yes. My show. If if Ferrari wants to come on this show, then yes, Ferrari will be on this show. If bags and bags of cash company wants to come on the show and give me bags of bags of cash, guess what? They're going to be on this show. If you don't like it, beat it. Go listen to Pitmaster's podcast or some another oh, thing like it. Wait a sec. Go listen to uh, who's that other guy? Man is Barbecue. Go listen to that guy. He doesn't like sponsors. Whatever. All right. We got one more left. But it's a big one. 100% yes or 100% no. John Solberg, are you down with Chori Pollo? 100% yes. I'm down with it. Doug Shiding, 100% yes or 100% no. Are you down with Chori Pollo? 100% yes. It's two to one over cream cheese so far on my IG posts. Nice. 100% yes or 100% no for Rusty Monson. Are you down with Chori Pollo? I've never had it, but I'm not one to turn away any kind of food, so I'm 100% down. All right. Obviously, the easiest answer I have all evening. 100% yes or 100% no. To me, am I down with Chori Pollo? Uh, yes. Hello. Who's not down with Chori Pollo? It's chorizo sausage. It's chicken. It's cheese. It's beans. It's rice. Put it in a tortilla. Jam it in your mouth. Are you kidding me? 
there were people that came on the show and unceremoniously dumped all over Chori Poya. It's not a real Mexican dish. Real authentic Mexican restaurateurs are laughing at you people when you order Chori Poya. Not made, blah, blah, blah. Little do we know months later, that menu item appears at a restaurant this guy owns. He shall remain nameless. Flatbread. That's right. So there's your 100% assurity picks. Did anybody in uh, Clubhouse want to come on for a assurity pick? Raise your hand. I'll bring you in before we get to the other two main topics. Oh, look at this. We're going to get one right here, guys. So stand by. Scott, you ready for 100% assurity picks? Scott? Hmm. No, Scott? You? Scott, you there? It's not working out very well. I fear I might know what the issue is. Stand by for one second. Just stand by for one second. Rusty, huge congrats on on fifth place at the Jack and Chicken. Well, thanks, man. That was fun. That was man, that fun. was awesome. That was the awesome. reverb on us is incredible. Where are you, you going to hang that barrel head? Yeah, you're going to hang that barrel head. Uh, yeah, hung it up the right, guys, stop. It's please, please. Enough kudos for Rusty. Uh, I'll take- Scott, are you there? Scott? All right, no Scott. There we go. Can we go back to Rusty? What the hell happened there? Rusty, uh, give us a quick recount of finishing that high at the Jack Daniels. Life-changing event? It was way cool, man. They said that, you know, they're calling out cities and states before they would say the name of the cook team, and they said Bluffdale, Utah. And I'm like, what? Someone else is from Bluffdale? <laughs> hell yeah. And, <laughs> and they said Salt City Barbecue. I'm like, what? And I was just like, and I got, and I walked up, but I didn't know I was getting a barrel, and they handed me the barrel. It's this freaking huge thing, man. And I was just smiling. I think I smiled so much my face ached for three days mm. i just smiled as i woke up the next morning it was fantastic who was the most famous person that came up to you to congratulate you in your eyes it doesn't have to be like a, a real celebrity but somebody that maybe you admire or look up to that came and said hey rusty great job uh sterling ball actually came and gave me a hug and he was like congratulations that's awesome so yeah that was cool really that was actually really cool yep right. ran into him a lot of people came up to me. It was really neat. I kind of forget, though, because it was kind of, you know, a whirlwind. It was super fun. Um, is that the biggest chicken wing? Uh, chicken? Uh, well, you know, I mean, technically you didn't win it, but is that like the biggest chicken call for you overall? Yeah. yeah honestly, it's, it's weird. When you're not talking to someone in the barbecue competition world, saying fifth place chicken is kind of like, eh. But to be honest, it's probably my favorite call I've ever gotten. And that's Grand Champions, first place, all yeah. of it. I just, that was, that was way cool. I was really, 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 really happy with it. That's the first time you've been to the Jack? Yep, first time, not the last. I will be back. I swear to God, it was the funnest thing I've ever done. And I will fight tooth and nail to get back. All right, well, let's, let's answer this question then, Rusty. Considering you have won neither the Jack Daniels Grand Championship or the American Royal Invitational Grand Championship, but you've been to the American Royal and now you've been to the Jack. 
if you had to pick one to win, which one would you pick and why? Uh, that it would be the Jack Daniels. It's not close, and it's because the competition there is so stiff that I think the the accomplishment would be far greater, and it would be more. It's a more prestigious. I mean, those guys, everyone there wants to win so bad. I mean, I saw people get in tenth place. Think that might as well have got first. You know, everyone wants to place there. Everyone wants to go. It's hard to get there. It's hard to get a call, and to win it would be out of this world. Mm-hmm. John, let's go to you. You have won neither the American Royal Invitational or the Jack Daniels. Which one would you rather win and why? I'd rather win the Jack just because of its uniqueness. It's it's a special thing in my brain. I just want to walk the grounds of the Jack someday. I've not been there. I can't wait to go there. It's just got this allure, this mystery, this draw to me that's down in the holler. It's something really special. I'm not around 6,000 of my closest friends. It's a tight group, and it's just kind of kind of cool. Doug Scheiding is a competitive cook. He's a world champion. He has won neither the American Royal Invitational or the Jack Daniels to this point. Which one would you rather win and what? First place at both, but the Jack Daniels, for sure. Wow. All right. Well, uh, I guess I'm breaking from common thought here. I would rather win the American Royal Invitational because... Everybody there has won. Everybody is invited to take part, and not everybody is invited to be at the Jag Daniels. So I would rather say I won up against... I would rather go to the competition where everybody has the chance of showing up and cooking against everybody else's one than having some of the best people be left off of the sideline each and every year. Because guess what? Each and every year, unless you've won the seven in a row in the allotted time where you auto-qualify, or you're in one of those weird states where if you win the only one that's a Jack qualifier, you are auto-in there. But outside of that, you uh, you have to get that uh, bung pulled. I mean, that's a whole weird thing to say out loud every single time. But there are plenty of really great teams every year that are sitting on the sidelines looking in. Does that make the Jack more magical, more mysterious? Or does it really make it less inclusive and therefore not as magical to win when the American Royal Invitational does offer the availability of everybody that's won to compete against everybody else that's won? Doug? Yeah, I think uh, the Royal actually dilutes itself with the Invitational and the Open because the Invitational kind of loses some of its significance, if you will. I totally agree with you. Anybody that you know gets a GC can go to the to the Royal Invitational, et cetera. The way you are treated and it's the environment of the Jack Daniels just makes it incredibly special, and so that overtakes the the idea that anyone can go um, to to uh, the American Royal Invitational. The Jack is just in a league of its own, guys. Guy Fieri is getting $80 million a year at Food Network as his salary. I don't know what other money he's making through endorsements or or this or that. I'm sure it's plenty. But just working off that minimum base salary amount at Food Network, $80 million a year. Bobby Flay, it was reported, wanted $100 million a year base salary at Food Network. But they rebuffed him, and then, of course, a couple weeks ago, they split after 30-plus years of being in bed together. So the question is this. 
Are you surprised the guy is pulling that size paycheck? And then number two, are you surprised Food Network didn't pay Bobby Flay what he was looking for? Doug? Yes. And yes. I am surprised Guy Fieri is pulling 80. That's that's a lot. I would have I would have if I would have guessed, I would have said 10 to 15. And Bobby Flay and Food Network, they're synonymous. John, are you surprised with Guy Fieri's $80 million annual salary? And are you surprised they didn't pay Bobby Flay 100 Totally surprised at the $80 million. But at the end of the day, it's a business decision based on revenue that those products can produce. So it's, I'm not surprised they didn't pay Bobby Flay that. It tells me that he wasn't generating that kind of revenue for the network. So it comes down to dollars and cents. It's a business thing. I'm surprised at the $80 million. I'm not surprised they didn't give him 100 because I'm surprised he was making 80 in the first place. So, so it, from, I can see it from a business standpoint. Rusty, surprised at Guy and surprised at Bobby not getting? Man, I'm always surprised when someone makes that much money no matter what you do. But I know people who know Guy and say he's one of the most hardworking, genuine dudes on the planet. And I think he earns every penny. And he and in who he is just kind of resonates with people. I think Bobby Flay was he he is Food Network. He started it. He helped the, he is the reason why they became so prominent. But when you take out things like Iron Chef and he's no longer the talent, he's the personality, then he loses. And so I don't think they can pay him more than Guy because Guy's the, the personality, not so much. I mean, he's a good cook, but he's not so much the talent. So when you're looking to pay Guy more or, you know, or Flay more, I would go with Guy every day, all day, even though I respect Flay more. So I, I, I agree, but no one should make 80. No, that's crazy, man. No one should make that much. But if anyone's going to do it, he deserves it. I never, ever begrudge what anybody is getting. If somebody is going to pay you $80 million a year for whatever it is you're doing, if somebody thinks you're worth that much, then there's no problem for me saying that that guy is getting that amount of money. Should Bobby Flay be making $100 million at Food Network? I think we're at a different time right now. I don't think Food Network is nearly as popular with Bobby Flay as it used to be. I think Bobby potentially became a bit stagnant on Food Network, doing a lot of similarly themed stuff and not branching out. Uh, we could make an argument about Guy Fieri doing similar stuff too. However, I'll get to him here in just a second. Bobby has, I don't feel this way personally, but also Bobby comes across to many people as being an a-hole or arrogant or an arrogant a-hole. Or a New Yorker. He's successful in business. He was successful at Food Network. I do agree with you guys in saying that he has helped certainly create what Food Network is today. But it's my opinion, if you walk down the street over the last five years and say, who's the bigger, better, cooler talent on Food Network between Guy and Bobby? Ten out of ten people. We'll sit there and tell you that guy is the better talent. I can turn on Food Network on Friday night and Saturday night and probably starting around 6 or 7 o'clock at night all the way through until 6 o'clock in the morning the next day. Diners, drive-ins, and dives. That thing is a monster. 
That thing is bigger than anything Bobby Flay ever did in the 30 years that he was with Food Network. That thing is making money. He should be getting $100 million a year for diners, drive-ins, and dives. Has that really put the focus on really great eateries across the country? Certainly debatable. I've heard through a number of people that places that he shows up to, eh, they're not really that good. But who cares? I could sit there and watch diners, drive-ins, and dives all day long. I love it. Fridays and Saturdays, and I'm obviously not the only one. So that's why guys getting 80, and that's why they're not paying Bobby Flay $100 million. Here's the follow-up question. Doug, what's Bobby Flay going to do next? You're on mute. Sorry, thanks. Um, I watch Beat Bobby Flay. Guy Fieri is like a one-tune, one-chord kind of music. I'm... I'm tired. I'm bored with all the the diners, drive-ins, and dives. Um, Beat Bobby Flay. I will watch those two, three times. And Food Network star. He was the the, the really the strength behind that. Um, he and Giada, you know, barbecue brawl. He's you know he's done all kinds of different types of shows. And and guy is just um, the diners, drive-ins, and so it, it's just not um, to me. It's just two birds that that are different and I prefer watching Bobby. Now what's he going to do? Gosh, I mean, I don't know. Uh, his his daughter Sophie is an is an ABC reporter, so you know, so and he tried he he tried and 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 failed with that show with her. By the way, on was it on Food Network? Yeah. He had a show with her that it was, you know, going to different different restaurants and things like that, but um Wow, I don't know what what is the other not Food Network. There is another show, the cooking another, uh, yeah, the Cooking Channel. Hey, maybe he goes there and he becomes the star and and brings them to uh, to popularity. So he he reinvents himself er- periodically every two you know two three years. Um, so I uh, you know I I'm a Bobby Flay fan both from a TV standpoint. You know, brunch at Bobby Flay and grilling, and he's just been on so many different types of of shows. Um, to me, it's it continues to be entertaining. Where guy, I get bored. John, what's he doing next? He's nothing. He's done. He's gonna go chill. He's gonna go watch the horses. He's gonna make a cappuccino in the morning. He's gonna hang out by the hot tub. He's gonna maybe write a book. He's gonna retire. All right. He's probably how much money do you got to make for you just be done in life? If I was him, I, I'm sure I have put enough away in my 30 years. That I like. What am I gonna do today? Nothing. That's what he's going to do. Nothing. Rusty, what's Bobby Flay going to do next? I like the idea that he'll go to the Food Network and kind of become who he is, the talent, the the chef, the actual guy you want to learn to cook from. And that's what the Food Network, or that's what the Cooking Channel is now. Hmm. It's what the Food Network used to be. And I think that he has a place there if he goes. I definitely don't think he'll retire. I don't think you do what you do as long as you do and just hang it up. I don't think it's in his blood. Uh, I, th- I hope that he goes to the, the Cooking Channel because I love... Bobby Flay. He's amazing. As far as a chef goes, holy crap. But, you know, his personality doesn't translate. So I think the Food Network or the Cooking Channel is perfect for him. I think he's going to start a podcast and be wildly successful. That's what I think. He's going to help legitimize this industry finally. He's going to make a great uh, cooking podcast. All right, uh, guys, stand by just for one second as I do a quick piece of business and then we will come back and talk about the KCBS steak competition stuff. 
And that will bring us to the conclusion of the evening. I'll talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills, last read of the evening here. Green Mountain Grills giving you a couple different choices. The Prime line and the Choice line. Choice line has one style of cooker. It's the Davy Crockett. It's the midsize. It is pizza oven compatible. It doesn't have any Wi-Fi. It doesn't have any internal meat probes, Wi-Fi connectivity, app connectivity. I think I said Wi-Fi already. Now, if you want to be one of those folks that uh, doesn't mind, I got to ban somebody out of the thing here. Put user in timeout. All right. Can I do that? Yeah. Put user in timeout. There we go. You have a prime line. Now, this has Wi-Fi. This has app connectivity. If you want to control your cooker, temperature or monitor temperature, raise it up and down. You want the prime line. You can use your app to do all of that stuff. Yes. That's right. You can have peek-in windows on the main cooking chamber, on the pellet hopper, so you can make sure that your pellets are in a proper quantity. And two internal bead probes. All that. A little bit more of a robust build on the chassis. Uh, sold through dealers. So go to GreenMountainGrill.com and find a Green Mountain Grill dealer near you. Check out the dealer. Get educated. Learn which one might be best for you. Buy it up. And then you're armed with the knowledge to get home and be successful right off the bat. So no buyer's remorse here. It's not going to go back to the dealer. You're going to keep it and continue to enjoy success. They also have a bunch of really cool accessories and accoutrement over at GreenMountainGrill.com. So check them out there. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. We're back to the embedded correspondence, and we're talking about competitive stake and KCBS next. Stick around. Celebrating over 10 years of prolific and unparalleled live fire barbecue and grilling talk. And yes, it's still being done from Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. This portion brought to you by Smithfield.com through the grilling season for recipes as well as tips and tricks. Check out Smithfield.com for advice from Chris Lilly, Darren Worth, Ernest Cervantes, Charles Cridlin. Mouthwatering flavor, no artificial ingredients, Smithfield fresh pork. Quite simply, some of the finest pork money can buy. Trusted choice of champion pitmasters for use at home and on the competition circuit, smithfield.com. Report first place finishes if you're a committed cook over at smokingwithsmithfield.com on butts and ribs. And we're back with the embedded correspondence. Uh, Rusty, were you surprised to learn how much pork we're exporting as a nation? No. I mean, at first I was, I guess. Yeah. When I first heard that all that stuff it was kind of crazy, you know, I kind of think how, like what, I mean, you drive through anywhere Midwest and you think, okay, we got plenty of that and you don't think you need it, but guess not. Doug, were you surprised to hear Tim McKeska rattle off how many billions of pounds were letting go each year from pork? No, I'd actually heard that before. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised Uh I, I kind of understand it, and 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 I'm glad that he brought it up again. He's a great guest, so I appreciate that. John, were you surprised? No, I I always understood that. That's kind of why they bought Smithfield in the first place, so they could control their markets worldwide. Theirs being the biggest. Wow, I was shocked. You guys are up to speed. I'm not. Hey, uh, KCBS has this thing called the National Steak Championship last month. We did a quick assurity pick on it. 
and I think everybody but Rusty thought it was going to fail. And uh, Rusty is an eternal optimist, which we always oh. appreciate. Uh, Doug, you said it was going to work too, right? That's right. Okay. Uh, yes. So fifty percent of us thought it would fail. Fifty percent of us thought it would be okay. But let's go ahead and dig in a little bit deeper here. Um, as I'd mentioned, we briefly gave our opinions last month on if we thought it would be a success or not, and then we wanted to dig in a little bit further here. So as I dig up the rules here for KCBS, Doug, let's start with you since you were one of the ones that thought it would be a success. What stands out to you? What do you think allows it to, I don't know if compete with SCA is the right thing to say, but what do you think makes it a viable option to go alongside? When when I go to cook-offs and then they have a you know chef's choice or steak contest or whatever, I'm always in, involved and I want to be a part of that. And Am I a little less motivated to go to a steak-only type contest? I am, especially if I have to drive a few hours. So I think just the KCBS and adding it on to other KCBS contests, I think that actually has some momentum that will enable them to be able to carry forward and be successful. Rusty, what do you think allows it to have a, a leg to stand on? Kind of what Doug says, like when we go down to Arizona in January, there's an SCA there and then it's connected to the KCBS and it's really fun Friday night to get your injections in and do the case, the SCA. So if they connect those to a KCBS, I can see it doing really well. And I hope that just being a little bit different lets it stand out, you know, because a lot of people don't want to go cook the same steak and all that stuff. And it's nice to be able to do in New York and do it a little bit differently. So I think a couple things will happen. One, they get ex- uh, kind of get tired of the same old, same old and want to branch out and do a little steak since they already have the equipment. And I also think that they, if KCBS can grow and add them into their contests, it'll be a really good, really good addition to every contest. I know I'll do all of them. John, as you look through the rules of this new national steak cooking competition, are there one or two or five that stand out to you as being good different or potentially hurtful i think every my my pick off the table i think the concept is fantastic i love every rule of the contest comparing it to sca is almost unfair it's it is freedom it's it is restrictive in your meat purchase area but it lets you cook a steak how you want it it's not calling for a temperature you're you're turning it in for your for your three scores it's like it's it's not a cookie cutter, so it doesn't require you to buy a PK grill in that time. It doesn't require you to buy grill grates, which that's what was the driver to what the SCA has become. So it's a different thing. I see that being the KCBS steak cook-off and the SCA steak cook-off, and I'd go cook them both before I went and did my three meats or four meats the next day. It, it, it's I don't see them as the same. I hope they're wildly successful with this. I'm I really I really hope that they are. Uh, Rusty, some of the rules that stand out to you as being different. Look, I think it is important as we I run this up against SCA. Well, they're the only other ones around competitive state cooking wise. Also. KCBS did have a run at, I think they were calling it the National Grilling Society or whatever it was a handful of years ago. It never got off the ground anywhere. They were going to attach it to a Friday night before a Saturday KCBS cook. 
but it never went anywhere. And now it's re-rolling out into whatever this uh, the, the National Stake Championship Series contests are going to be. So I butted up against SCA because SCA is the only other competitive stake competition around. So inherently, there's going to be competitions there. But that's the only reason I'm doing it. So I apologize, Rusty, for going off there. But what do you see rules-wise that you like? And what do you see rules-wise that you don't? You know, as a, as someone who does SEER and SEA, I like the fact that I can do that there and be successful with it. And it's almost encouraged. Like John said, it's like, it's a little bit more of a, a sandbox. You know, you can play around a lot more. And that's why I, I was really hoping for SEA because it's really, put, you know, it's getting itself in the corner of this grow great look. And that's all. And for me, after a while, I'm going to want to do a little bit of variety. And that's why I do the SEER because I don't want to have to just sit there and do the grow greats all the time. I think the challenging part is that people have to slice the stakes before turn in. And I think that people kind of get by that at first, but man, we'll adapt. We'll find ways to get that oxidation, how to prevent that, when to turn in, how to plate it, how to do all those things. That's going to be a little bit of a learning curve. I think for a lot of people, Mm. Uh, Doug, when you look at the rules, what do you like or what do you not like? Remember I'm an engineer and I apologize in advance. Um, uh, first of all, the, the rules, I thought we were going to go through each one. And so I, 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 I'm, I'm still recovering. So, um, the, the, uh, the rules are written with the attitude that it's giving the SCA the middle finger. So let's just put that down as a premise. Doug, let's start. Let me um, stop you here. Let's go ahead and and we'll run through these, uh, rule by rule. Somebody else has an objection to that. So we'll start at the top. There's like three general rules. Number one, there's no restrictions as to the number of stakes the cook may possess at their cook site or any limit on the number of stakes they choose to prepare and cook to create their entry for judging. So does that mean I can turn in 27 stakes if I want to? No. You can just possess them. You cook, you, you turn in really two, right? Because you turn in one as, a, as a, an appearance and one to slice. All right. Uh, so as I read these, if anybody's got comments, raise your hand, we'll, uh, we'll go around and we can address those. Uh, the second overall rule provider vacuum packaging may not be compromised in any way. This means no trimming, no injecting, opening, or resealing the provider's packaging prior to the inspection. Basically saying that you're going to be sent meat from one of these companies that we'll talk about here in a second, and you can't do anything to those until you get to the contest and it's inspected. Everybody agree with that uh, paraphrasing of that rule? And then uh, go ahead, Doug. What what if it's in butcher paper? One of my custom meat markets does it in butcher paper. Be real you easy to open it up. You and, can't. And, you would not. You wouldn't be able to use it anyway. Of course. So uh, you have to buy. Why would you the, be able to use it? You because have that, to. You have to what? use it from the approved vendors. And your local meat market oh. guy is not an approved vendor. Uh, number three: yep. all steaks in uh. possession must be inspected to meet. Official requirements, any stake not meeting the official requirements of inspection by the contest official shall be removed from the cook site. Uh, so this would mean you're not allowed to have a ribeye. And then I think there was a thickness requirement, too, that each stake had to meet. So there's some kind of general meat inspection. Uh, let me I have to find this just so I can talk to Doug here. Okay, so. Uh, please contact. Answer the phone, please. Who was that? Who was that? Who was that? My wife. That was my wife. 
He's out of town. <laughs> Phone rings on the Barbecue Central show. Do not fly well, but oh my God, I'm I'm really yeah. holding it together because I want to just go nuts here. Uh, please contact the KCBS with any uh, blah, 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 uh, certified providers here. So, Doug, you can only at this point you can only get steaks from the following: Creekstone Farms and Double R Ranch, which is a Snake River Farms brand. You have to buy your exactly. steaks from those two. That's it. Well, what if it, my meat market only carries Creekstone, and they specialize no, no, no. in, in Creekstone no, 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 steaks? No, 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 no. It's you have Creekstone to go steaks. to you have to go to Creekstone far, or Farms dot com, oh. and then I'm sure there's a link or You'll go to the National Grilling Tournament website, and it'll say Meet Vendors, and then you click on the one you want, which would probably take you to an online link, and then you order it that way. You're not going to get it from your house anywhere, whether they're a Creekstone dealer no. or not. There's a butcher shop in, in San Antonio that specializes in Creekstone, and that's actually yes. where I bought two steaks last week. Yes. Well, so. guess what? You show up to the uh, competition with those, even though Creekstone, you're out of here. Yeah. It's going to have right. to be an and are they are the ones that aren't approved? Are they going to have like a wheelbarrow in like in Monty Python no. that where where they take them out? You know, take your dead bodies out that that don't aren't approved. I don't you know, know. They'll, they'll probably turn. They probably have some type of fluid in their hands, and they turn it right over on the steak and spoil it immediately. So that way you can't cheat. But it's it has gonna, to be removed. Yeah, it's it, not. Yeah, yeah. You'll have yeah. to take it somewhere else, I guess. But you, you can't use it. I so just thought it was funny. That's what that means. That's funny to me. All right. So now we get into the series we want rules. You're dead. Number one, all KCBS Master Series rules and regulations shall apply to the following except number one, strip steak ancillary permits the use of any heat source, gas, electric, charcoal, sous vide, wood, solar, cast iron skillet. Over direct heat, direct over open coals, sears all torch, etc. Anything is open. We like this, Doug. Boom. Yes. John, yes. I love it. Absolutely love it. And Rusty. Of course. I think that's the sandbox part of it, which I love so much. Yeah, me too. Uh, number two, in addition to the optional garnish, optional garnish. Uh, Event-provided foil disc may be used and even be used in addition to the approved KCBS garnish. Clear food film is also allowed to cover slices in the turn-in box and will not be considered a foreign object. Anybody have any issues or comments on that, Rusty? Um, I th That's same old stuff, I think. Yeah. I, I like that they kind of do that. I think it's cool. So do we think, as a group, uh, we'll start with you, Rusty, again, in a KCBS contest, Garnish optional is not optional. You're not going to not garnish a box. So do you think that people will not garnish a steak box or will they automatically pick that part up as the KCBS? Absolutely. A hundred percent. We, uh, Brett Galloway and SCA was just harping on us about not doing a, a garnish at all. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And then Kyle Matyshevsky and all those guys started doing it and everyone followed suit within the week. So yeah, absolutely. Wow. All right. D Doug, you think there'll be box garnishing? As a guy from Texas, I would start off not garnishing. Mm -hmm. John, do you think they'll be garnishing? Uh, Rusty's more of an expert than me, but my opinion is that the foil disc of SCA still is going to have some traction as it goes into this. People are familiar with it, and I think it's going to live. I think we're going to 
see 50-50. I think we're going to see people not garnishing, and I think it'll be more accepted, and I think it'll help back break the back on the garnish program in general, perhaps. Rusty? I just want to clarify that I meant with ancillaries uh, at the SCAs, not the stakes. So I think what you're going to run into is if there's a lot of KCBS cooks that are gleaning onto this right off the bat, there's going to be a lot of garnishing in the box. If there's just a lot of competitive steak fans that want to cook competitive steak and this weekend it happens to be a KCBS National Steak Championship, then you might not see a lot of garnish. The other thing I'll say is this. The first month that this thing is taking place, if the majority of boxes that are winning are garnishing, guess what? There's going to be garnishing in the box. Of course, because people want to do what's winning. Number three, cooks are allowed to enter as men. Ooh, I think I skipped one. Yes. Cooks are allowed to share the same cooking device. However, each team must cook their own entry in its entirety. Sharing of duties during the preparation, cook, or turn-in is prohibited. Doug, you okay with that? Total bullshit. How are they getting control of that? There's no way to well, there's no way to police that. No way. And in cooking at the same time, negative. No. Rusty? Yeah, they're not going to be able to do anything about it. It'll happen 100%. It'll happen out the gate, and it'll get worse and worse as the time goes on because people will know that they're not looking, and it will happen 100%. John? I'm not overthinking that. I'm all for that rule. You know, I got my six burner Weber out there. Greg, you're on your end, my on my end. There's two burners off between us. We're good. Let's cook and turn this in. So is the thought that there's going to be some better stay cook in the camp and that they're the ones that are actually cooking all of the steaks for everybody? Is that what they're trying to prohibit? Like everybody, can, you can just bring one grill, uh, grill for sake of ease, but everybody that's cooking on that has to cook their own steaks, and the fear is that there's going to be some ringer that's cooking all of the steaks? I don't think so. I, I don't think that's the, the fear at all. That would be crazy. I don't think that would ever happen. But I don't understand yeah, what there's the no problem advantage. is. Like, who cares, though? There's no advantage to that. Nobody's going to cook all your steaks because they're all going to know you're going to beat each other with your own steaks. It's, right. You know what I mean? You'll cancel each other out. Right. I don't, I don't. No, you're going to you're going to help people out. Some dude is or, or woman is off taking a pee and and they should be flipping their damn steak and then your buddy flips the steak for them. No, no, you cannot have them cooking on the same grill at the same time. No. All right, I don't. I don't really see that as being an issue. I mean, it's five. It's five fucking minutes. I mean, plan your peas out a little bit better than starting your steak Mm -hmm. cook and then having your neighbor flip. I don't think that. I don't think that would would happen at all. But you you can't police it. So if you can't control the rule, you can't have the rule. Get that rule out of here. Get that rule out of here. That's right. People will help their teammates. They'll help their yeah. wives. They'll help their husbands. They'll help everyone. That'll happen, but no one's going to cook someone else's steak for them. But helping will happen 100%. That'll happen all the time. Cooks are allowed to enter oh. as many qualifying events as they choose. However, they may only submit one entry per event. John, do you care about that? I don't even understand that. <laughs> it's like, what did you say? It's so, a, no, I don't agree. So what sure it what says is you can <laughs> cook as many steaks as you want. So in the SCA, you get two steaks. Here, 
you can buy from the approved vendor 47 steaks and cook 47 steaks, but you can only submit one per event. I have no, to answer the question, that's more clear. I have no problem with that because I could buy 47 briskets and cook them and turn in the slices I want. It kind of goes with KCBS in general. I cook as many racks of ribs as I want. I cook as many pieces of chicken I want. I can cook as many steaks as I want. So it just kind of goes along with what they're trying to do and follows their pattern today. Rusty? Yeah, same thing. I think, you know, just one is fine. You can cook as many as you want and you'll you do the same thing with chicken and all that stuff. You cook, you know, what like brisket, for example. You cook the one brisket, you cover the brisket, you get it out. That's kind of a no-brainer. I think that one's easy. Doug? You're on mute. I'm with John. I understand. Thank All right. Uh, each entry must contain at least six slices of the entry in the approved container. An entry may contain as many slices as the cook chooses, including submission of one whole uncut steak to accentuate the skill for appearance. In addition to the minimum of six slices or may just present slices. No chopped ground shredded portions will be accepted it's not a barbecue competition in the entry will be considered as a foreign object. So what I understand that to mean is I can turn in a whole steak and then I am cooking an additional steak that I am slicing. So they're not the same. It's not all coming from the same. So I can do that. Or if I wanted to, I could just cook one steak and slice it and turn those slices in a.k.a. looking like a brisket kind of a thing. Rusty, do you like that? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, of course, I mean, like I said, it's the same, it's like kind of a KCBS mentality of, you know, mm. putting the slices in. And for me, like with ribs, <clears throat> I will I will want to cook, you know, cut from the same rib because they all match up, they have the same tenderness, and I'm not like freaking people out with one bite being super tender, one bite not. So, yeah, I think it's great. And that's what I, I actually kind of want to like about it a little bit more than the SCAs because I, I, I have that freedom to do like a little bit more and really dial in what I want to put in the box and give it to the judges the way I want it. Doug? Yeah, it's interesting. I actually took that to be you were going to turn in six slices and I definitely would turn in a whole steak. So I would do both. So it's a little bit of strategy, gamesmanship, whatever you want to do, because you could overcook uh, the, the steak that's the presentation steak and have it really seared and then have six slices that were perfectly medium rare. Uh, John? I think it's a great rule. Gives you flexibility. I don't think medium rare is even an issue here, is it? Uh, not to back up there. To well, I haven't seen comment. any temperature call out yet. But, but it gives me the opportunity to say, if I think I'm good enough to just give you six slices, and I can make it, and I can, and I can, and I am that good. I don't need to do a whole steak to beat you. It gives me that flexibility. And I also, so if I can't, I can, I can go either way. And I got forty-seven steaks I can cook to get that box put together. So I think it gives you a lot to do. I mean, you could say I'm thinking about joining the KCBS again. Is there? Am I to ascertain that the steak that's whole that I'm turning in is not going to get cut into or tasted. Only the slices. Is that right? That's what I understood it to be. Rusty, do you have and any thought on that? 
that's that's what I get too. That one's just for looks, and the other one is to bite into. And it's kind of an unwritten rule. And in KCBS ancillaries, the same thing happens. Like if you do, let's say, a sausage, one slice, one's not, one's the appearance, and the other one you eat. So I think it's the same concept. That seems bizarre. I don't know why I would cook it. Sear the hell out of it. Well, the reason I'll tell you is because... That seems like it might be cheating. Mm Mm-mm. I, I I think it's awesome because look at this. In the SCA, I can cook the perfect seared steak, and it's just beautiful. They cut that thing halfway through. Second guy eats it. That thing's a disaster box. They have no idea what it even looks like. The thing got flipped. It's turned this way. It is whatever. I have one pristine steak that's going to look the exact same from judge one to judge six, and I think that's awesome because appearance is really, really important, and I think SCA does a good job with it, but if you can see one solid piece of meat as your appearance the whole time i think it's a better advantage for the cook Hmm. all right uh, that rule seems a little disjointed to me but we'll continue on uh rule number five garnish is optional if garnish is used it must comply with the official garnish rule of the kcbs master series events a hot steak entry may present a potential risk to melt through or damage a turn-in box Cooks may choose from the following KCBS garnish as provided in the Master Series rule, KCBS provided laminated foil disc, or uh, with or without garnish, competitors electing to use a issued laminated foil disc will not be considered in violation of the foreign object rule. Um, we kind of already touched on this, but, uh, but we're all just going to, we, we can float through this unless anybody's decided they have a, a different opinion from five minutes ago and we already covered the garnish. Anybody have a thought? It's different. All right, we'll move on. Uh, Number six, and this is the rule of rules, as we're going to come to find out. Enhanced grill marks or sear marks are not... Andrew, you are not the... Enhanced grill marks or sear marks are not encouraged and are criteria for deducting points for both presentation and taste. According to Meathead... From AmazingRibs.com, quote, the goal is to get a golden to brown color as much of the surface as possible, close quote. John, your thoughts? I love that rule, but there's a little bit more in that sentence in that rule that talks about a bad taste or something along those lines. And I think that was an unnecessary cheap shot in the rules that didn't need to go there. But I totally support the rule. But I think the way it was presented was bullshit. Rusty. Yeah, I kind of wrote John. That was kind of funky because I don't think I've ever, I mean, for, it's been years since I've tasted a funky taste based on a grill mark. But I, that's what I love the most about it is because, I mean, it's nice contrast to go away from the grill marks. And I, I love it. I don't know about the, I hate. So if you're going to go away from the, 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 the grill marks and have a specific, and then you say a specific color, I think you're kind of defeating the purpose a little bit. And we're going right back to where we started. And that's what we're trying to get away from. So I don't think anyone should specify necessarily what it should look like. Um, but I, I, I think it's cool. Although I don't think you should dissuade people from doing it. Um, I don't think that should happen, but in my experience in SEAs and doing seared steaks, it's really difficult to get people to understand what that should look like. I don't think we're really versed in that yet. And so I think that having it where you kind of back off it for a while and get people used to what a seared steak should look like or what they feel it should look like and get it more ingrained in people's brains I think is fantastic. So I agree with the rule, but at the same time, I like the sandbox aspect of it, and I don't like that they're trying to limit, but I understand why. Doug, your thoughts? 
This is the not one, but two double fingers to the SCA. This in, in the part is our criteria for deducting points. The rule would be perfect without that. Don't deduct points. Um, uh, just say that it's discouraged and by implication, then you could deduct points. But yeah, I think this is a shit rule. This is the only one that I think should be taken out. I, would of course say you should take a harder stance on garnish yes or no and just say it should be garnished or it shouldn't and just go foil disc all the way. There's no reason that you have to punish somebody for putting grill marks on a steak. There's no reason you have to run double middle fingers at the biggest, baddest current competitive steak program organization that's out there right now. Just cook whatever competition means to you that's it. You shouldn't be now telling people that not only do we not want to see grill marks, you're going to not only are you going to run the risk of getting, you're going to get scored down if you put grill marks on it. It's like the antithesis of what Terrell Miller said on your podcast, Rusty, when she saw if she didn't see good enough grill marks, she was inclined to score down, which I think is complete bullshit. It should be appearance. It should be taste and tenderness or however you're judging these things. But to sit there and say you're actively encouraging people to not put those on and, oh, by the way, if you're going to do it, you're going to get scored down is completely ridiculous. That being said, and because I love to live in contradiction, I love the rule for Meathead's sake because it says Meathead, and I know he loves it. Uh, rule number seven, I don't care about. They're talking about uh, commercial-grade plastic film prohibiting oxidation and the browning of meat and all that other crap. So... Um, the last question is this. Does anybody have a problem with being relegated to meat providers that you have to buy from? I know it took Doug a couple minutes to wrap his brain around that, but now that you understand the concept there, Doug, do you have a problem with that, or is that okay for you? It's still not clear to me because my butcher or my meat market is a Creekstone provider. Yes. Is it not? So No, it's not. It, you can't use yeah, that. You can't. Yes, it is, but you can't use that steak for this competition. It has to come from Creekstone Corporate in their packaging, and they probably have special. I would imagine both even have special packaging that says "National Steak Certified" or you know something along these lines to really set well, it apart. Th that is a problem because th then you're going to have to prepare a week in advance. You can't like, oh, on a Wednesday, oh, I'm going to go cook this contest. And because you're not going to be able to get steaks unless they're selling steaks on site. Mm -hmm. So that is an inherent problem if that is indeed the intention of the rule. Rusty? Well, first, you can freeze your steak and then unthaw them and take it to the contest. Two, I believe that it's cool because you're uh, you're avoiding the whole A9, A5, A5. Wow, that'd be cool to see at a competition. You're avoiding that mess again. So now we're at the choice, you know, we're the choice briskets now, and we're going to stay there. We're not going to go to Wagyu. We're not going to do any of that anymore. Now, the hard part is, is you have to order them from somewhere. You can't just get them from your local butcher, even though there are creeks, then that sucks. But I can go on there. And what I normally do for steaks anyway is order a lot, and I will practice with them when I have a chance. So it's cool. It's hard. It sucks that it's hard to get. It sucks that there's only two and you can't choose. But at the same time, allowing people to choose is going to make it so expensive that people are going to get 
costed out of it just like they did in KCBS, and we had that whole problem again. In Double R Ranch, that is the other provider yep. other than Creekstone. John, you have a problem with this? I agree with Rusty. Earlier, we, in an assurity, we asked about what should KCBS to do about controlling costs, and we said there's nothing they can do. Well, here's an example of something that it's an administrative control they're trying to place on this process to control that cost creep, and we're going to criticize them. So I support this rule for and, and their attempt to control the cost and and cost creep into this activity. I don't like that they're telling me who I have to buy it from. Uh, make the rules. If you don't want ribeye steak, if it's going to be, they're calling it a Kansas City strip, but it's a New York strip. It's got to be a New York strip. It's got to be choice grade, or it's got to be select to choice grade, or whatever. Give me a grade that it's got to be, and it's got to be stamped, and it's got to be whatever your uh, spec is, inch and a quarter at least i don't know whatever spell those out and then allow me the opportunity to go out and buy it from whoever i want to say that i have to buy it from a specific manufacturer that you're dictating to me means you're getting some kind of a kickback from it you're getting a commission you're getting a percentage of the profits i get it business is business but if i want to buy it uh, to doug's point from whoever my local butcher is, whether he's a Creekstone guy or not, as long as I'm meeting the spec, that should only be the requirement I'm held to. And then I bring it to the competition, and then the judge comes along, makes sure that I'm within rule, uh, blesses it or tells me to go pound salt, and, and away I go in either direction. I don't like being told that I have to buy it from uh, these specific meat purveyors, and that's my opinion. Doug? Yeah. I think they're, this is again another FU to the, you know, they've got other stakes with the SCA in addition to the two that they pick. And this is kind of, it's going to be hard to police that from the standpoint of you, you've got, you showed them 10 stakes and you've got another five, you know, New York strips and you've got it from your own meat provider, the E3 or whoever. All right, quickly, let's go around the day as here. 100% yes or 100% no, Doug cheating will run rampant through this thing quickly as far as steak is concerned quickly no All right john 100 yes or 100 no as far as steaks being smuggled in that aren't what they should be it will happen quickly yes or no my quick answer is no uh, Rusty, 100 yes or 100 no as it relates to steaks cheating will be proliferating quickly Stories will be said, they won't be true, and it won't be happening. Right? Of course, the answer is 100% yes. Why? If you're not cheating, you're not trying, it's only cheating if you get caught. Win if you can, lose if you must, but always cheat. That's why it's going to happen. You're right. They will show one steak, they will cook another, and as Rusty said, the stories will run rampant, and who can police it? Are they going to post guards at everybody's cooler to make sure? Are they going to inspect? Are there going to be false bottoms of coolers? Uh, this is nothing against the KCBS wanting to pull a really cool steak competition together. This is the makeup of the human being that says, I'm going to win at any and all costs. And if I don't get caught this time, good. I'll try it again next time. And then if I get caught the next time, 
Maybe I won't do it the next time after that, but maybe I'll do it the next time after that. So uh, there was a final question that I was going to ask, but somebody mentioned cheating and it got my mind spinning. What was it? Can I say something about that real quick? Yeah, go ahead. You think about it. Um, I, you know, I think that in the SA world that we're a community and everyone is a bunch of friends and we don't want to do that to each other. And I think that's why is because you don't want to do it to your buddies. It's not about winning. It's not about cheating the system. It's about not cheating your friends. And I think that majority of people feel that way. And that one dude that decides he wants to cook, it might cheat, but I, I think that guy will go away quick. Hmm. That's probably why I'm not a competitor because I will cheat 100% of the time because I want to win. This is the thing that uh, I remember what I wanted to say. To me, this is what, outside of everything else, this is what makes the SCA magical. All I need to bring is my grill and my rubs and my tongs or whatever, and that's it. The steak's there. I'm paying my entry fee. I'm showing up. We're doing the snake pick where I'm picking one first and then I'm picking last second or however my numbers uh, pick through the chain there. I like the fact that they have the steak there. Whether you like the selection of steak, is there a guarantee? Well, I guess you could buy 50 New York strips from whoever the provider is and pick one, uh, pick one, which ones you like. However, I love the fact that you can show up to any SCA event and the meat is there. I don't have to bring it. I don't have to worry about it. Everybody else is cooking the same cut. Whether you like ribeye or not, make it sirloin, make it the, make it the, New York strip that they're going to be doing here for KCBS. But Doug, isn't that a magical part of, of the current steak regime as meat is provided? It is. And it's not from, from the standpoint of, you know, the whole gamesmanship of going, you know, the snake and everything. I, I, I'd rather just bring my own and not worry about and have to go through that whole process. That actually is a detriment mm-hmm. for me going to an SCA. In addition to, you know, the, the loc- localities of where it's held is going through the whole process of picking my own damn steak. Let me bring my own meat and compete and may the best man or person win. Rusty, I see you're shaking your head in agreement. Yeah, there's some, there's something about you know picking your own steak that adds a little bit of fun. But to be honest, if I can show up, get my space set up, and have my steaks ready, and go hang out with my friends before we start cooking, uh, the more I can do that, the better. And I think it's a lot easier instead of you know having to take that hour to go to the cooks meeting and then get your meat and then go back to your your setup. It's just easy walk in set up. I have my meat ready to go. I'm done. Let's let's rock and roll. Let's have some fun. All right, John, uh, you're last to weigh in on this. There's no way that they could have done it with the snake pick and separated themselves from the SCA, which is clearly what they're trying to do. They have to separate themselves. If they did it that way, they're just stealing it. I think it's a great concept. I'm all for it. I'm not sure what the entry fees are going to look like for the KCBS compared to that, but it's all going to be figured in at the end of the day. It's it's that person doesn't have to buy his meat, but he's still got to pay for it. It's just buried in the fee. So I'm all for this rule. All right. If you are interested in listening and you want to see the rules for yourself, go to KCBSSteakChamps.com. And then there's a contest rules link at that page, which you can go through and peruse everything that we just uh, went through. Uh, there's also the spec of the meat, uh, which I uh, did not talk about here. Each steak must meet thickness tolerance ranging from one and an eighth inch thick, minimum to one and five, H, uh, five eighths thick 
maximum uh, weighing at least 10 ounces and a maximum weight of 16 ounces. So uh, those are your tolerances for steak. Uh, before we go, let's go ahead and promote. Rusty, what are you up to? Anything you'd like to talk to us about? Uh, just the podcast, Pitmasters podcast. Give it a listen on Thursday. We have Scott Nardi. If you guys are interested in SCAs, he is just one nine, which is a SCA wow. record. And he's also got himself a perfect score this year too. Doug, what are we promoting? Doug? Doug's frozen. We'll come back to him here in just a second. John, what are you promoting? Hey, I'm going to promote all of the fans and listeners of the Barbecue Central show for making 200 episodes of the best moments possible. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, all the listeners. Please stop in Friday and listen to episode 200. Didn't happen to all you. Shout out to all of you today. Doug, what are we promoting on the way up? Fucking Doug. All right. Well, Doug, you tried twice, but what can I tell you? Uh, figure out where... Wait, Doug, go ahead. And you're on mute. Doug? Yeah. There we go. All right, go jet, ahead. My, go yeah, ahead. anyway, I wasn't expecting it to, to go this long. November 17th. <laughs> Traeger class. All right. Traeger class. All right. So there they are. Doug Shiding right below me, a Barbecue Central Show guest Hall of Famer, of course. John Solberg next to him on the bottom, a Barbecue Central Show guest Hall of Famer. Uh, soon at some point to be a Barbecue Central Show guest Hall of Famer, no doubt. Rusty Monson from the great city of Utah. And I'm Greg Rampey. There they are, folks, the embedded correspondents. And we were breaking it all down right there this evening. So let me quickly talk to you about Vortic Watch. And then we will beat it. 23 minutes to the plus. Thanks for everybody sticking with us as we were going through the KCBS steak stuff. Vortic Watch Company is a small batch custom watch manufacturing and vintage restoration company located in northern Colorado. They take antique American pocket watches, turn them into wristwatches. Their mission, preserve and enhance the legacy of manufacturing excellence in America in order to do that. They combine traditional and cutting-edge technology to create unique quality functional timepieces with exceptional value. And here's the coolest part. Each watch that Vortic makes, like this one, unique and one of a kind. Vortic founded on the motto that America wasn't assembled. It was built. Check out VorticWatches.com. We're back to wrap the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. All right. Thank you very much. And we had a little spammer on the YouTube side. So thank you, Smoking Joe for moderating that creep out of there. I see it happening, and I'm like, well, nothing I can do about that. And then somebody said, make Joe a moderator. So I realized I could do that like in a hot second. So thank you, Joe. Appreciate that. You are now the official moderator of the YouTube chat. Life accomplishment for Joe. You did it. You'll be sitting next to Rusty next time on the quad. All right. Uh, all the way back in the first hour, we talked with Tim McKeska, McKeskaBrands.com, talking about why pork is what it is right now from a price perspective, how it is coming down right now, but demand is still high, but supply is 
pretty good. Then we talked with Derek Riches, DerekRiches.com. We learned a lot about Z-Grills. If you want to make a cheap pellet cooker, Z-Grills could be you. You could partner with Z-Grills and make it. Embedded Correspondence, running the balance of the second hour. We did 100% Assurity Picks, which was fun. We also talked about Guy Fieri making $80 million a year and if Food Network should have paid Bobby Flay $100 million that he wanted. And then we talked about the KCBS steak rules and how we find them as we sit here waiting for those to launch. First hour of the show will be up here in about 35 to 40 minutes, and then second hour on Thursday. And don't forget, episode 200 of the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less is coming up this Friday. Big show planned for you next week. As always, how do I always leave you? September 11th, 2001. I will never forget until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. This is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. This is Dion Blumenrader with Big Hoss One Sauce, and you're listening to the best show on all things barbecue with my man, Greg Rempe.